This morning, we want you to, um, we want you to stop and, and think. You know, we've been talking about the plan 2021, and we've been, we've been focusing in on the spiritual blessings uh, of heaven, right? And, and every week it's been something different. And, and I, you know, I don't really have an agenda for this thing. As God keeps sending it, we'll keep bringing it on Sunday morning. And when he, when he says uh, we're ready to move on to something else, we will. Um, one thing we're doing, uh, for those of you that, that might not have been here lately, because I know we've had a lot of weather stuff and whatever, uh, reading a psalm uh, to open the service every week uh, as a good way and a good reminder to us of God's promises and, and the, our ability to grab onto those promises and our ability to allow those promises to come alive in our life, right? Uh, and this morning, that's really what we're going to talk about. We're going to be talking about faith, but, but as, as we really delve in to understanding faith and our journey of faith, it has everything to do with us grasping what God has said, right? Uh, and so I think it's important that we understand that. And, and, and a spiritual blessing to us is certainly faith. But I, I would begin to challenge, uh, and I would begin to bet, if, if you were to put it in those words, that all of us struggle in some area with our faith. And, and this morning's challenge to you is all about pushing past our flesh, pushing past our carnality, pushing past, past the mundane things in our life that, that cause us to stay faithless and rather than be faithful, right? And, and that's what we're really encouraged about um, this morning. So I'm going to read out of Matthew chapter 9 today. If you have your Bibles, and I, I hope you do, uh, and want to follow along. Uh, it's, a very, it's a very interesting set of scriptures because there's a lot um, that goes on in, in this set uh, of scriptures for us. And we'll start reading at verse 18 this morning. Uh, and it says, while he spake these things unto them, Jesus preaching in uh, to the people, while he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler who worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment, for she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house, the ruler whose daughter was dying, when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose, and the fame hereof went abroad into all the land. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. And they said unto him, Yea, Lord. 
And then he touched their eyes, saying, and this is what I want you to get this morning, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it, but they, but they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all of that country. Let us pray this morning. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for faith. And we thank you for the ability to see you in your glory, to see you in all of your splendor, and to see you in all of your power. We thank you for the hope of the promises in Scripture. God, that we would be drawn to this place to where we look upon you and we live and we breathe and we cast ourselves at your feet, knowing, God, that the things that you have said and the things that you have given are now given unto us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And God, we say and we pray that we would pick up our cross and that we would follow you and by so doing Lord we would begin to measure our faith uh, Lord not in the things we do well but God in the things that you do well in the things that you purpose within us and God the anointing and the power of heaven that flows from the throne into us according to all that you are and all that you do and so God we pray that when we think about these blessings Lord that we would take the next step that we would delve ourselves to the place where you you are and we would see you God move the mountains and move the sicknesses and move the things Lord that stand in our way that Lord we might see you do a greater work not only in our life but in the lives of those that you have called us to minister to God be lifted up be glorified uh, Lord in this service this morning fill this room with your spirit dear God and fill our mouth and our tongue Lord with your words from from the throne today that, God, we would be felt and we would be brought into your presence. We pray in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. So this morning, I, I want us to really zone in on that verse. According to your faith, be it unto you. Now, now we have just seen a lot of things in, in this verse. And, and if you go into Mark chapter 8, where all of this is covered, it goes into a little more detail, which is odd because Mark's not the, the detailed uh, writer of the gospel. He's the one that kind of gives you the quick hit. But in Mark 8, he really spends time on these verses. He really spends time on these encounters and, and really spells it out for us in a lot of ways. So, so the reality for us is we are drawn to a place where God is on the throne and he is asking us to believe in him to a measure beyond comprehension, right? And, and when you're a very logical person like I am, you know, I, I'm a numbers guy, I'm a logic person, and, and, and I like everything to line up. And, and let, me, let me tell you a little secret about God. He don't line things up real well, right? He doesn't make things easy. He doesn't, he doesn't you know, he doesn't necessarily count the way we do, right? Because, you know, we count one, two, three, four, right? He, he might count one, six, seven, two, four, nine, right? And, and so we're, now I'm not saying he really counts like that, but what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to give you an idea that, that God isn't confined to the things that we take for granted and the things that we have established as absolute in this life. I'm going to be honest with you. The only thing absolute in, in God's mind and the only thing absolute in God's power is his son, Jesus Christ. Right? Because through his son, Jesus Christ, he saves the world and he brings us to that place where he is so that he might do a greater work 
in us, right? It's all about moving up. It's all about being more. It's all about being greater. You're listening to me this morning. It is all about being greater in the kingdom of God. Amen? We can be churchgoers every day of our life, but God wants to move us beyond just being a churchgoer. He wants to move us into the presence, and he wants to move us into the glory, and he wants to bring us to a measure of faith that says all things, not this or that, but all things are done according to my name in glory. Amen? Our problem, our issue, our struggle, amen, is we don't push, right? I think sometimes when when we read that verse of Scripture, that if our faith is like the grain of a mustard seed, and we've we've all seen a mustard seed by picture holding it in our hand. I mean, it's tiny, right? And so we read that verse. If we have the faith of the grain of a mustard seed, we can move mountains, right? Sometimes our idea of that mountain moving is us saying, God, move the mountain. Here's my mustard seed. And that that mountain don't move. That mountain stays put. That mountain even mocks us. Amen? I don't think that verse is necessarily telling us to, to behold the mustard seed and stomp our foot. And say, mountain, move. I think what that verse is saying to us is that if we're so wound up in God, right, that that we have the faith of a grain of mustard seed, if that verse is saying to us that I'm willing to move this mountain, he doesn't say, I will. He said, you will. And the problem with us sometimes is we've got the faith to say, God, do it. But we don't have the faith the faith to push the mountain ourselves. You with me? We'll all stand back and we'll grab that mustard seed and we'll jump up and down and remind God what he said and God's looking at us being like, dude, just push. Right? He's looking at us and being like, yeah, I know. I get it. I'm the one who said it. Would you start pushing the mountain? Would you start pushing back against Satan? Last week we talked about kicking in the gates of hell. Honey, we're never going to kick the gates of hell if we don't start pushing mountains out of our way. Amen? God is looking for us to have the faith to push the mountain. God is looking for us to have the faith to say, no, Satan, that's not on God's agenda. We're doing this, and we're going here, and we're going to compel those into the the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we won't tolerate you standing in our way. It's time to push back. It's time to say no. It's time to let Satan know his authority has no hold here. Amen. So what God is saying to us is he's saying, if you believe this much, push back. If you believe this much, don't be scared of the mountain. If you believe this much, I will do it unto you according to your faith. I will empower you. I will fill you. I will bring bring the glory and splendor of heaven all around you to do my work and to do my bidding. But I don't expect you to sit back, cross your legs, 
cross your arms with this bless me if you can attitude and expect me to do miracles and wonders. Amen? And sometimes that's how we treat God. Sometimes that's how we treat God, right? I'll never forget, I, I preached a, a youth message years and years ago, and I've preached this message a few times because it's a great visual for kids. And, um, you know, I, I grew up in the day of boom boxes. Can I get a testimony in the house? Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for boom boxes. Amen. I mean, I mean, y'all, y'all don't get the struggle, right? You, you teens in the audience today, you don't get the struggle when you had to walk around with something, you know, like this on your shoulder to throw down your tunes. Y'all just got a little phone you put in your pocket with something that don't even need wires that you put in your ear, amen, and you're tuning up, right? We had to carry a big box on our shoulder. And the better the box, the better the sound, the heavier it was, amen? And, and, and sometimes, sometimes we carry these things around and, and we allow these things to divert us from, from where God is going, right? So what I want to, the picture I want to paint to you is in this sermon with, with a bunch of kids. And I, the first time I'd ever did this was probably 25 years ago, right? Back when boom boxes were known and understood, right? And, and I took this box. It was pretty old at that time. And, and I didn't care messing it up. And I took this, this box and, and I put a cassette tape. Got no clue, right? Huh? Yeah, you're looking at me like cassette tape, right? Right? So I put this cassette tape in it. I'm just picking on you. She probably knows. I put this cassette tape in it. I put this cassette tape in it, and, and I started playing it. And it still made pretty good music, right? And I said, y'all, y'all listen, right? That's, that's, that's good stuff in there. And I forget what I had in there, probably Journey or something, and, and was playing some Journey music for them, and, and they were listening to everything else. And I said, and I said okay, and I turned it off. I said, now, how we treat the thing that produces the music has everything to do with the kind of music it makes. And so I took the cassette out of it, and I slammed the cassette down on the floor, and I stomped it. And then I picked it up, and I started taking the tape and, and slinging it out and everything and making a mess, right, because I'm good at that. Sus. Right. I don't need no amen from the back right now. Right. So I made a mess. Right. Then I took the cassette tape and I put it back in and I closed it. And, you know, all the the stuff's hanging out of it and everything else. And I pushed play and I'm like, I don't get it. Why won't you play? You made such beautiful music a minute before. I know what I'll do. I'll just get another cassette tape. Isn't that how we treat God? God, it don't. Everything don't make me happy. I didn't like what the preacher said. I didn't like the way the music sounded. I didn't like this. I didn't like that. I didn't, I didn't like this. So I'm just going to ch- stop this up. I'm going to chew this up. I'm going to make a mess of this. And I'll just go find something else to find the measure of faith and to find the direction God has for me in my life. So I take it out. I throw it away. I get something else that will make me feel good for a few minutes. And I begin to play that. Right? And here's the destruction. Here's the destruction in that mindset. Because what takes place is after a while, we won't only treat our cassette tapes that way. We'll start treating the boombox that way. We'll start not taking care of the boombox. We'll not clean the heads. Yeah, we had to go through all this back in the day. We, We would not clean the heads 
you know, on, on the cassette player. We would not, we would not take care of, of things properly. The, the, the electric cord or the batteries would corrode, and the, and the electric cord would get bent, and this and that and the other. And so about that time, as I'm talking about this, I got the boombox up on my shoulder. I said, so really what we're saying to God is we don't care about this mechanism that you've given us. And I took it about that time and slammed the whole boombox down on the floor. And it broke into pieces. Pieces went shattered. And I think some people even, you know, you know, had to go to the ER from cuts on their heads. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't that bad. Um, but, but it shattered into pieces and it went all over the place. And I said, the reality is that's how we treat what God has given us. That's the measure and that's the portion that has come out of heaven to me and to you. And this is what we do with it. And then we say to God, do something good with this. Right? We pick it up and we try to push the play button and we wonder, why won't you play? Why won't you make beautiful music? Why won't this sound? Why won't you do what you're supposed to do? And the reality is we never took care of what God gave us and we never grew in what God gave us, but we still expect to play. We still expect to make great music for the kingdom uh, of heaven. And, and the reality to me and you is this should be something that we are growing in. Faith should be something that we are growing in. Faith should be something that we are learning and we are walking with God, and God is sowing into us a greater portion every day. Amen? If we're sticking our head in the sand and doing nothing with what he gave us yesterday, he's not going to give us more today. Amen? So our, our measure, our portion, our, our level of faith is not going to grow to where God wants it to grow. And you say, well, now, wait a minute. You said this was a spiritual blessing. Absolutely, it's a spiritual blessing because what God is saying to you is if you believe in me vibrantly enough, if you've got enough vigor in your spirit, if you've got enough zeal within you and you believe me to the nth level, there is nothing that we can't do. The world will say it's impossible, but I say all things are possible, Right? That's why the word of God matters to us. Amen? Because negative spirits and negative people and, and negative influences will, will tell us this can't happen. This can't be. This isn't right. That doesn't work. Amen? But God is saying if we do it according to our measure of faith, all things, all things are possible. Right? And so, so the blessing to us is that depth of faith, right, that God has promised can bring us into his presence and his power to do all things. Amen. What did Jesus tell these blind men as they were walking away? Don't, don't misunderstand, right? There's a buildup to this. My daughter's dying, right? And somewhere in, the, in that walk, Jesus heals a whole lot of people. He does a whole lot of things. He stops en route to this guy's house to heal his daughter, right, to teach a lesson about paying attention to his work and the woman with the issue of blood, right? And, and I, and, you know, reading the scripture and kind of imagining the moment and everything else, I have to believe the whole time Jesus is teaching uh, about the, the act of faith of the woman, I got to believe the guy, the, the dad is standing back there going, are you kidding me right now? We need, we need to go. I imagine he's back behind her being like, we, we got to go. My daughter's dying, right? And, and, 
And somewhere in the point, someone comes to this guy and says, don't, don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter's dead, right? You ever get those influences? You ever get those influences that, that tell you not, not to believe the word? You know, Don, Don and I were talking on Wednesday show this week about someone. He, he was talking about uh, how, how the promises and, and, and the blessing and the bountifulness of God and everything else. And said he was talking to this person, and the person smirked at him. And I said, well, here's what I would do in that case. I would ask that person if they can go find it in Scripture. And if they can find it in Scripture, they need to quit smirking and start applying. Right? They need to start growing in their faith, and they need to start growing in the things that the Word gives us. Amen? That is, that is when, when Jesus says to these guys, according to your faith, be it unto you. Do we understand what that means? It means Jesus is saying that he is giving us the right to determine the level and the depth and the power that God flows into us and through us. Right? You with me? You missing that? We asleep? Huh? I can jump up and scream some, man. Make, make sure everybody wakes up. Right? God is saying to us through Jesus Christ in red letters, verse 29, sorry, don't have my glasses on. Yeah, verse 29. According to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith, push that mountain. According to your faith, push that, that hurt. According to your faith, push that pain. According to your faith, push that doubt. According to your faith, push that negativity. According to your faith, push these things that hold you down and hold you back from the glory of the kingdom walking and living inside of you. Amen? Because make no doubt, make no doubt about it, God wants to, God wants to move in power in you and through you. But you're determining what kind of mustard seeds you got, right? If, if you're the guy just standing back there saying, hey, God, check it out, and I'll do it. God's going to be like, no, 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 that's not what I said. I said for you to do it. If you have the faith, if you have the measure, if you have the portion, then you say to the mountain, move. Start pushing Start pushing against that mountain. Start pushing against that thing that besets you. Start pushing against that, that hurt. Amen. Start pushing against that sin. Amen. Push that thing right out of your life. Amen. Start pushing against it. Amen. And as your faith increases and as your faith grows, amen, I, I'm going to be honest with you. So Someone said the other day that, that Satan, the, the closer we get to God, the more Satan tempts us. I said, man, you need to read your book. You need to read your book. Amen? Because the closer you get to God, the more Jesus is alive in you, the more Jesus is present around you, the more Satan will flee from you. Amen? Because your authority, your authority in Jesus Christ is greater than his. Amen? What's your portion? What's your measure? Amen? According, according to your faith, be it unto you. Amen. If we're tucking tail and running every time the road gets hard, 
Every time the struggle gets real, every time the pain gets intense, every time the words get ugly, every time the fingers point and point and point, amen, if we're tucking tail and running, our measure of faith probably doesn't even equal a mustard seed because we've quit pussing. We've quit determining, amen, that there's any power and any worth inside of us to give God to do great things with. Amen. And so we struggle in our pain. We struggle in our hurt. We struggle in our circumstances. We struggle in in life. We struggle in our ministry. We struggle in all of these things simply because our, our measure and our portion is lacking. Amen. We're wanting God to do the work. We're wanting God to do the big things and the great things. God's saying, man, I, I sent my son. I, I sent my son to be your propitiation. In other words, I, I sent my son to pay the debt and to do the thing you couldn't do. Amen? Now, I'm expect, expecting you to believe in him to the level and believe in him to the place that you start doing the things he showed you you could do. Amen. That's where we're called to. That is the place and the glory of God wanting to do a work in our life. But it's going to be according to your faith. It's going to be according to your portion. It's going to be according to what you read from this word and you take from this word and apply it to your life and say, I want to be that. God says it. I want to be it. Amen. And, and it's so important that we, we hear things. And, and some of you might be saying, Oh, you know, this is the, I don't know, I'm not even keeping count. This is the fourth week, maybe, that we've read Psalms 34. And some of you might be sitting back there saying, oh, it's just the same old thing, right? Guess what? I, 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 I would believe, amen? I, I would believe if that's the mindset, then, then according to your measure of faith, you're struggling really hard somewhere, Amen? If, if you are receiving the promises and the word of God at that level, I guarantee you there is a place in your life you can't push past. I guarantee you there is a mountain that is consuming you. I guarantee you there, there is an enemy that is overcoming you. I guarantee you there is a weapon formed against you that you can't defeat. Amen? Because it will be according to the measure of your faith. Amen? Not mine. Don't blame the church. Don't blame the church, honey, because it's not according to my faith. A lot of times there's a whole lot of things you struggle with and struggle with and struggle with and struggle with. I would have pushed that thing out of my way and moved on in the name of Jesus, but you want to waller in it. Oh, listen to me. Huh? You want to waller in it. You like the attention it gives you. Amen? Push that thing out of your way. Choose to be God's. Choose to be a child. Choose to be a joint heir. Amen? And quit choosing. Quit choosing to be a peasant in the kingdom of God. And grab hold of his promises. And grab hold of his power. And grab hold of his hope for your life. Amen? Because he's promised it. He's given it to us. And he tells us right here. that If I choose to grab on. If I choose to touch that garment, if I choose to believe that when everybody laughs and everybody scorns, if I choose to keep him in the room, oh, listen. Hmm? Listen, Jesus walked into Jairus's, into Jairus's house, and the paid mourners, amen, began to laugh. They weren't mourning very good or very hard, amen. 
the paid mourners began to laugh and began to mock. And Jesus said, put them out. Amen. He saw no worth in their measure of faith. Listen, did you get that? He saw no worth. He saw no power. He saw no glory in their measure of faith. And at that moment, Jarius was a ruler. He had a lot on the line. He had a lot on the line. He had his daughter on the line, but he also had his stature. He also had his rapport. He also had his business friends and and people. He had all that on the line. Amen? And Jarius had to make a choice. Am I keeping them in the room or am I keeping Jesus in the room? Who are you keeping in the room? Hmm? Who are you keeping in the room? Who are you keeping in your heart? Who are you keeping in your life? Who are you keeping present in your time of trouble and dismay? Amen. Who are you keeping? Who are you keeping in the room? Amen. Jarius chose Jesus over everybody else. Jesus spoke to his daughter, and she arose. He spoke to his daughter, and she arose. Amen? Because Jairus believed. Because Jairus chose Jesus when the world didn't. Because Jairus chose the glory of God in Jesus Christ when the world said, Right? Yeah, there there were probably some people in the room that really went, right, because it said they laughed and mocked at him, right, when he said that she just sleeping, right? The woman with the issue of blood, 12 doctors, all telling her, we've done everything we can do. We've given you every medicine. We've done everything. You know the story. You've heard it since since you were probably five years old or or earlier. Amen. Everything and everybody had said, we've done all we can And out of desperation and out of hope, she believed in what she heard about this man named Jesus. And and I love this story. You know me. I like to really envision it, almost like a movie unfolding to me when I'm reading it. Amen. And here's this frail, sick woman. Amen. This This isn't a woman who's able to just knock people out of her way. Amen. To get to Jesus. This is a frail, sick woman at the end of her rope, grasping and scraping and crawling getting kicked, getting stepped on, and out of desperation. I sometimes believe he's just going like that. Amen. So, so, that, so, that, so that his robe made it to her. Amen. And out of desperation, she just grabs on. Amen. It was her measure of faith that healed her. Amen. She chose not to listen to the negative voices. She chose not to listen to what man had to say, but she chose to believe in a God who would deliver her. Amen. Quit struggling with your pain and quit struggling with your addictions and quit struggling with the things that hold on to your life when God says, be delivered. Amen. And then we go, then we go from the woman to these blind guys. And I imagine these blind guys had been in the crowd and they had watched everything that had gone on in the place. They had seen him. They had seen him touch the woman with the issue of blood and her and her healing come. They heard Jesus' teaching about not being caught up in the crowd, but being, but being focused on what Jesus is doing. Amen. And, and saw all of that. They, they were probably standing outside of Jairus' house and heard all of the doomsayers and all of the negative people and all of the gospelers and all the whiners come walking out of that house, bad-mouthing Jesus. 
but maybe they were just around the corner when, when the news came to Jairus that his daughter was dead. And maybe they were just kind of standing off a little bit when, when, when he turns to Jesus as if to say, it's, it's done, you took way too long. It's your fault, Jesus, because you didn't go straight there. You didn't, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. You didn't move my mountain. Amen. And what does Jesus say to him in that moment? Jesus says, don't. Oh, tsh, tsh. Hmm. He sussed him. Right? Sometimes we need sussed. Right? He sussed him. And he said, don't be afraid. What did he say? Huh? Keep your measure. Keep your portion. Keep your mustard seed. Right? Don't be afraid. Believe. Don't be afraid, believe. And maybe these blind guys, maybe these blind guys were just standing off. Maybe, they're, maybe they're, their hearing was a little more acute because of their blindness. And they were like, did you hear what he said to Jesus? And so maybe they made their way and they stood outside of, they stood outside of the house. When everyone else had turned away, they heard the news, oh, she's dead. Nothing to see here, right? All, all of the people looking for the performance went home, Right? And, and man, we got to be careful about making church a performance. No, no, you didn't hear me. Hey, huh? We got to be careful about making church a performance. Amen. Because people are going to go home empty. Huh? No, you're not listening to me. People are going to go home empty when we make this a performance. Amen. Oh, yeah, we're, we're pushing. We're pushing. We're pushing mountains this morning. And we're kicking gates. This one, you with me? You with me? We're kicking gates right now. You okay? Satan's not happy. We're kicking some gates. Amen. Everybody else went home, but these two blind guys kept straggling along. They stood outside the house when all of the, the, the whiners and the, the finger pointers and the negativity came walking out complaining and blaming Jesus and talking about him like he was stupid, talking about him like he didn't understand, talking about him like he didn't know what to do, talking about him like he was an amateur. Huh? Kids are okay, I promise. Amen. Talking about Jesus like he's an amateur. We need to stop that. No, no, no. We need to stop that. We need to stop that. Right? And then they heard the news. She's alive. Jesus raised her from the dead. What? What's going on? And then what happened? All the people that left begin to say he was doing it out of Satan's power, not out of the glory of God. Amen? Because they hadn't seen anything like this before. They hadn't heard anything like this before. They didn't, they didn't comprehend or understand anything like this before. And so Jesus departed, went his own way, and these guys kept following him, kept, kept figuring out how to stay close to him until they finally got to the place and the point that they cried out to him. Again, I think maybe, maybe Jesus just slowed up his step a little bit. Yeah, I know you're there. I know you're struggling. I know your pain. I know you're hurt. I know your need. And I'm willing, I'm willing to do something about it. Amen. And they called out to him and said, Jesus, thou son of David, would, would, you, would you heal us? Would you let us, would you let us see? And Jesus says, 
Do you believe I'm able to do this? Do you believe I'm able to do this? Let me ask you a question. What's the burden on your heart this morning? What's the pain you're carrying to this place today? Amen. Have you already chosen to take it home? Hmm? Have you already chosen to stick it in your pocket and take it back home with you? Amen. Have you already chosen to worry about it all afternoon? Have you already chosen to, to keep living through it this week? Have you already chosen to hold that mustard seed up to God and say, God, why aren't you listening to me? Amen. Maybe you need to start pushing. Maybe you need to start pushing. Maybe you need to start telling your pain to go away. Maybe you need to start telling your struggle it's not strong enough to withhold you anymore. Maybe you need to start telling the gates of hell around you in your life that they will not contain you any longer. Maybe you need to start pushing back against the thing that the world and Satan is using to hold you captive. Amen. Maybe you need to quit waving your mustard seed and start living your mustard seed. Maybe you need to stop, stop claiming your mustard seed and start walking your mustard seed. Maybe you need to start, stop waving your mustard seed around and start prophesying your mustard seed and let God do a victory in you and others. Amen. Maybe it's time we start pushing the mountains. Maybe it's time we start telling them, you might be there, but I am going to push, push, push. You might always be in front of me, mountain, but I'm going to keep pushing you to another place because I won't be confined by you anymore. According to my measure of faith, so be it. So be it. Amen. If we're going to make a plan for 2021, we got to have faith. Amen. I almost sounded like George Michael there. I got to have faith, 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 right? No, sorry. God forgive me. I didn't mean to bring George Michael into the pulpit. Listen. <clears throat> Listen. It's time we claim what's ours. Mm, are you with me? Let, me? let me give you a second, okay? It's time we claim what's ours. And it's time we live it, and it's time we walk it, and it's time we prophesy it, and it's time we worship it, and it's time we dance over it, amen, and we allow the power and the glory of God to move and work and move mountains in our life, amen. 2020 laughed and mocked, and most of us took it. Most of us took it. Most of us accepted it. Most of us said, okay. Amen. But we have the opportunity to take it all back. And we have the opportunity to live into what God wants to do in our lives. And we have the opportunity to push the things away from us that God is trying to hold us back with. And God is trying to hold us back in. And so I encourage you today. I encourage you today. Be the mustard seed. Mm-hmm.